Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Court Podcast. Welcome to episode four. Uh, appreciate y'all coming through. Really, we do. Uh, I'm very excited for this podcast. Into this thing. Hell yeah. I'm very excited for this podcast. Angus is very excited for this podcast. Um, so excited. Hell yeah. Next week, I will be going to Angus's hometown. Uh, well, not hometown, but where he lives in Orange County. Uh, and we're going to go to a live show of our one of one of our favorite podcasts called The Mismatch. I don't know if you guys listen to them, but you should because they're really good. With KOC. KOC. KOC and Verno. Love those guys. Chris Vernon. Great guys. Uh, we're, I'm really looking forward to it. Me and Angus got front row seats. We're about to be, you know. These guys aren't like celebrities or anything, but like for, for to us, like we really look we up to them. Leave. It feels like he knows that we're fellow podcasters for him to invite us out like that. Yeah. No, yeah. we did not get invited. Yeah. One day, though. One day. One day. Facts. Well, we just witnessed, as, as many of you have as well, one of, one of the greatest games ever played in the NBA. On an NBA court. Probably in the history of basketball. Gotta be. They were saying, and you guys know what we're talking about, right? Kings. Yes. Clippers. Clippers. Double OT. 176, 175. Second highest scoring game in NBA history. The first highest scoring game happened in the 80s. So can we, can we really count that, guys? In the 80s. Yes, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Okay, but like, what kind of game does it have to be <laughs> for the Nuggets to score like 180 points or whatever the hell it is? Like, what happened? Like, what in the 80s? When the pace is like the Nuggets, the '80s, the Nuggets in the '80s were known as the fastest team in the NBA. All they did was sprint, but they had the worst defense. Ah, uh, they were known for being the running gun team. Wow. And then the Pistons had Isaiah Thomas. That boy, that boy was a hooper. Oh, they were playing the Pistons. Yeah. Okay, it makes a little more sense now. But still, um, second highest scoring game ever. I have a. Little, it's funny. Um, <laughs> Angus hits our group chat up. The night of the game, like two, three hours before the game, and he was like, hey, my work has free tickets to the Kings and Clippers game. But my intramural team plays tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> you know the intramural team that Angus is like, you know, John Morant for, for his team? <laughs> LeBron James of his team? You know, he can't miss a game. You know, by the way. I can't miss a game. I think about <laughs> what would Kobe do? Angus, did you win the game? Because Angus decided, yeah, we, by the way, but before. Yeah, bro. Angus got smacked, but he went to his game instead of going to the Clippers and Sacramento Kings game. Hey, I'm, I'm, mind you, where I live is about an hour away from the crypto.com. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I don't no want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And then it was flooding in LA. Hey, how much did you lose by? How much did you lose by? Too much. <laughs> You're not going to tell them? It was a season finale. That's all that mattered. Is that it's over? Oh, but y'all, and that the season has been so draining on me. <laughs> y'all remember last week when he said his favorite two players were Paul George and Kawhi, and his favorite team is the Kings. How can you miss this game? <laughs> How can you miss this game if you're Angus Wong? Oh gosh, you made me choke. <laughs> oh god, you call me a fraud. Call oh me a fraud my fan. god. Um. This game was incredible. If you guys watched this game, um, it was 
neck and neck the entire game, insane shot making throughout the entire course of the game. Um, yeah, it, Kawhi hit some tough shots, but it was not neck and neck. The Kings were down by 14 double digits, 11 points sometimes, and they always found a way to just climb back. That's, that's something I love seeing out of this team this year. Yeah. Uh, for me, especially this year, I don't care if you're if you're we're down twenty. If there's four minutes or more left on the clock, we're still in the game, and that's like a lot of teams this year. So when I say neck and neck, yeah, it was maybe not close the entire game, but towards the end, if y'all caught the fourth quarter and the sec first and second OT, man, man. Yeah, I, that game tying three from Malik Monk. That was a beauty of a play by that by Coach Mike Brown. You know he's so smart. You, I, I, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. First of all, two questions. One, right. especially in that fourth quarter, was it more of a defensive effort from the Sacramento Kings, or more of a offensive fucking breakdown for the Clippers? <laughs> And I my think th- it's both. The Clippers, the Clippers don't have anyone fast enough to contain De'Aaron Fox, but the Clippers also were were the own worst enemy with turnovers down the stretch. Like you had Paul George turn the ball over on back to back possessions, leading to dunks for Keegan Murray and De'Aaron Fox, and then you had um, uh, Mason Plumlee getting poked from behind by De'Aaron Fox, and then Mason Plumlee leading a turnover to Chemezi Metu. That's straight. Four straight possessions of turnovers. Yeah. Leading to points. Now, the Kings had 61 fast break points, I believe. Sheesh. Or was it 42? Well, you get, you get that many fast break points, you're going to win ba- basketball games. Yeah. And my second question. Well, I forgot my second question. <laughs> it happens. It happens sometimes. Um, Don't be ashamed. But a lot of people were saying um, defensively this game lacked on that side. What do you think? That They don't know what they're talking about. Okay? I, I tend to agree with you. The defensive effort went up in the second half of the game. And it, it's just that everyone got going so hard in the first half that you just can't keep – you can't turn, turn it off. All right? They got the rhythm in the game, and now they're in game speed. They can just perform. And these is so tough. These shots that they're making are so tough. You saw Kawhi Leonard hit a tough fadeaway over Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray was in his grill. Yeah. And then Malik Monk was on one too. A a, a pull up three over Kawhi Leonard to pull the Kings within one in double OT. Yeah. No, there was a lot of tough shots even after the game. Fox and Monk were both saying, "Yeah, um, this game was insane, like shot making wise." Uh, you had 87 yes. points combined. This was from- the greatest, the greatest offensive performance in NBA history, and we have to respect that. All right, we can't criticize from them both teams. Defense, yeah, from both teams, and these are good teams. Look at their standards; they're three and four in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's it was it was kind of like a a, a little duel, you know, 87 points combined from uh, Monk and Fox. Fox with 42, Monk with 45. Uh, 78 combined points from the the duo on the Clippers and PG and Kawhi. 44 from Kawhi, 34 from PG. Um, I do want to talk about the very end of the game. And when I talk about the Clippers breakdown, multiple times I feel like this happened. 
with with just coaching decisions. Well, obviously the fourth quarter when they gave up, that's not coaching. That's the players. Um, coaching decisions. Paul George with the he hit his minutes restriction and didn't play for the rest of double OT. I think that's so bogus. I could tell he really wanted to play. You put Eric Gordon in there instead of Paul George. Are you kidding me? That's exactly what I was going to say. In this double OT game. That's exactly what I was going to say. And Paul George, there's a clip of him walking up to the coaching staff, being like, "Put me in the game. Let me end this." When they're up six, and he didn't play. How much? How much was left on the clock? Like two minutes. It was like. Yeah, two to three minutes. Left yeah, he, he didn't get back in the game. He didn't get back in the game. And especially on that, like, they could have subbed him in on that last play. The very last play. Like, yeah, the, were... the fact that he wasn't on the court on the very last play was, like, mind-boggling to me. The, the Even more mind-boggling to me. And I'm not taking anything away from the, the Kings win. Like, I am the biggest Kings fan. I love the win. But what was more mind-boggling Second to number me, back-to-back. Second number back-to-back. Second back-to-back. To the back-to-back. Don't forget that. Yeah. But the Kings are younger. So they can, you know, they can last a little longer in a game like this where you're in double OT, the speed, the pace is insane. Um, but what I don't get is why the last play of the game, you run it for Norman Powell? Huh? I don't think that was the intent. No, the it was the intent. I, I don't know if you that saw was- Kawhi. Kawhi was posting up. Norman Powell was underneath the basket, but Chemezi Metu did a great defensive job. Blocking Batum from seeing Powell underneath the basket. It was a it was a play for a layup. I see. If you watch that clip back, I see. But Chemezi Metu is jumping on the inbound pass. Metu was so clutch for the Kings. Yeah, but yeah, Powell gets the ball in the corner. Uh, great defense. I don't know who was guarding him, but whoever it was, great defense because he didn't get a shot off. Uh, pass swings the ball to Batum at the left wing, and. Batum had enough time to pass it to Kawhi at the top of the key, but he didn't. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I just don't like, like, a, a pass from inbounding, like, an inbound pass, like, to the post. Like, that's a risky pass. doesn't matter who you are. That's a risky pass, especially that close of a game. Um, so give the ball to Kawhi. Let him, let him, just get him the ball somehow. Let him like, cook. It, let th- him that's got to be number one priority, especially if Paul George isn't on the floor. You got to be like, Kawhi needs the ball. I don't care if you get the ball and you're wide the fuck open. Give the ball to Kawhi because he's cooking. He's cooking. We cannot stop him. He was cooking the Kings all night long. This was just an epic duo of barbecue chickens from both teams. The Gosh, Malik. Malik has these games. How is he not six-man of the year conversation? Should he start? Let's just, let's just, should he start? Recent struggles no, from from Kevin Herter, like he's really struggling. Even before he the All Star break, start. why we still have the best, the best, one of the best starting fives in the league. It's like top five in net rating. Our starting five. I don't want to ruin that chemistry. Malik likes coming off the bench, and our our stars seem to be doing just fine. Even though Kev is struggling, like today the Kings beat the Thunder. That was a pretty great game. Solid, solid win from the Kings. They didn't even let the Thunder. Get over them, right? Fox the Kings is another are showing 30. a lot of posturing right now. They're, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that we're playing, like you said, you texted me during the game, you said, the Kings are really locking up right now. And we're playing the Thunder. Uh, years prior, we played these teams that aren't really a huge threat to the league, and we just take the night off defensively, especially. You just, you just watch the game, and you don't want to keep watching because it's like, man, I'm sitting on my ass on the couch doing nothing. And it looks like I'm giving more effort than them out there. 
Like, what's going on? But this year, it's a completely now, different story. Now, yes, it's a different story because the Kings are usually that, that team that's trying to get over by being the good team, but then they end up losing to the good team. But now this year, the Kings are the good team that other teams are trying to beat. We have the Clippers. The Clippers with two All-Stars, two uh, previous All-NBA players trying to beat us to establish their place in the Western Conference, the place that the Kings have. The Kings are now that top dog in the conference, and they're starting to act like it. Yeah, this is a much-needed win. Just just for the league to grab notice, the the press conference after the game, where uh, which I loved that Monk and Fox did together, uh, didn't even change. Yeah. Didn't even change. Just went straight straight to the press conference after the locker room, in their jerseys, still drenched in sweat. You know, Fox got the chain on his neck. You know, and like the people don't know they're in L.A. People don't know what the fucking defensive player of the game chain is. You know what I mean? Like people don't know. They're, they don't understand. They but don't the, understand what the B means to but me. But Fox, yeah, but they don't give a fuck. And and Fox said, you know, this reporter was like, oh, what do you think about Russell Westbrook? How he played, blah, blah, blah. Did he affect the game? And Fox was like, you talking about the Kings or you talking about Russell Westbrook? Because I don't give a fuck who's on the other side of the floor. Like, I don't give a fuck. And he said that. And it's just like. He says all about us. Bro, it's like he took the words from every Kings fan and just said it. Felt good. Felt good, especially coming off a win. Felt great. I want to. I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about Russ. Uh, Seventeen points, fourteen yeah. assists, five rebounds. Uh, he played. He had a solid game, and 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 one thing that he did that you said he wouldn't, or the coaching staff, you said that I wouldn't trust him to to start. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure he started, right? He did start. He did start, and he was in the game for both overtimes. So to me, that's trust. He was in the game. What you were, what you that's were trust, right, yeah. What you were right about though, was the seven turnovers. Tell me, yeah, turnovers. yeah. And they had twenty, I think twenty-two of them, leading to almost fifty points. Uh, and twenty-five th- actually. Twenty-five, and and Westbrook had basically almost a third of them. Yeah, that's not a good look when your starting point guard is committing most of your team's turnovers. And after the game, I did watch the uh, Ty Lue press conference. A reporter asked him about Terrence Mann and why he didn't play. And Ty Lue straight up goes, I should have played him more. Just, that's, you know why? Terrence Mann doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. He also adds a lot on the defensive end. Um, but, but answer me this. Was Russ, was Russ an asset or was, he, or was he not? Like I saw him hit a couple shots in OT. I thought, I thought he played well. Yes, he can hit shots when d- during the game for sure. But like, it really gets magnified in crunch time when you make mistakes because everybody knows that mistakes in crunch time matter more than mistakes made. Like, I don't know, at eight minutes left in the second quarter, is yeah. when these ma- mistakes are magnified and the pressure is on. He just always seems to crumble. We saw him blow the blow the uh, coverage that led to Malik Monk three point coverage. I mean, the three-point shot to tie the game and send it to OT. That was Russ's assignment. He was guarding Malik Monk, uh, if you look at it on the inbound. Those mm-hmm. little mistakes are always I thought it was Powell. coming with Russ. Powell was guarding the corner. Um, Monk was on... Monk. I mean, Westbrook was on Monk. And then they went, they went through two screens. Nobody switched. Oh, I see. But Russ should have been there. Uh, I think... The play was made possible through Fox 
if you watch the play, his eyes. And that's the second question. I just remember that's the second question I was going to ask you. Was that play designed or was that play Fox is doing? Obviously, the design was for Monk to get get in the corner and get the shot. But Norman Powell was in between the passing lane and the, the pass wasn't yeah. there. Basically, what Fox did was he kept looking at Norman Powell. He kept looking at the corner, the left corner, the very far side it, of the left corner. And Monk moved up and Fox didn't follow yeah. him with his eyes, allowing and Norman Powell staring at Fox, looking at his eyes to see where yes, Monk is. is behind him. Because Fox is still staring at the corner and Monk isn't even there anymore. Norman Powell stares, stays where he is. So Russ doesn't rotate like he should even though he should be rotating because he sees Monk coming up, but he doesn't. Rotates late. Fox makes a great no-look pass right in the pocket of Monk. Monk has his feet set. Monk is on fire. Monk hits the shot. That, that is a design corner three play, a very popular play run by NBA teams. Called, it's called that hammer action. So it is design play for a corner three, but is, that's the chemistry from Kentucky. Those two have chemistry. They know what to do when a play's being blown up. That there are ways to there are ways of improving in a in in a pressure filled NBA game just is amazing. It amazes me. Yeah, how many times did they do their handshake that game, bro? <laughs> uh, too many times, man. Hey, they, not, hey, it's they, never too they many for me. a lot together. <laughs> so yeah, you're right, wrong, wrong words. So Clippers, um, you could definitely, um, definitely probable to at least be top six i do want to know who your uh top four teams are in the west um and the kings better be on that bro i swear to god if you don't got the kings on here but in order i want i want to know all right we got the nuggets i don't think anyone's catching them yeah then two we got the kings yes are going to be the second seed in the west they're gonna have a 50 win season they're gonna go 50 and 32 Yes, sir. I love this. Keep and they're going to have home court advantage. You're on and then fire. three, you got the Grizzlies. And then four, you got the Clippers. Okay, okay. And then this sets up a 4-5 matchup of Clippers and Mavericks in the first round. So, so, uh, so Mavericks are five? The Mavericks are five. So that means Suns are sixth, bro. This is where I disagree Suns with you. Suns are sixth. This is where I disagree with you. What, where, where are you? still injured. Where are your... Bro, yeah, you're right. But where your argument can hold some weight is is the difference between the third and sixth seed are, are, is it's minimum. It's it's like one one or two games. It's so minimum. Yeah. So so you know you know the Clippers could be third and the Suns could be sixth easily, but they're the the game difference could be two games. So I could see that happening, or even half a game, or half a game. Yeah. Um. My four, my two are the same as yours. I have the Nuggets first. I have the Kings second, which I really did not think you yes, were gonna sir. have. Because yes, as much sir. as a Kings, as much as a Kings fan you are, you are a realist, and I didn't think you were gonna pick the Kings second. And but I, I also think that if the Kings didn't win against the Clippers the other night, then you wouldn't have them here. No, I would not have them. You would probably it, have. It really Clippers. matters how you come out the gate. You, yeah, you gotta. The Kings have come out the gate in the right way. So you got Memphis third still. You, you're still confident in Memphis. I'm not confident in them. It's just that they have such a big cushion that I, 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 don't, I think they're still going to be above number four. But not a, they're, they're 13 games over 500. But not enough, not enough cushion for the Kings to you know, stay behind them. Yeah, not enough cushion for the Kings. But the, didn't Kings, you... the Kings are officially 10 games over 500. Who would have thought? 
not me. Um, Kings have one of the best road road records uh, in the West, which is uh, it's great. The but it sucks because our home record is almost as good as our away record. Yeah. But if you look at the uh, the Grizzlies, um, yeah. So I have the Nuggets, the Kings, um, one and two. My third team is the Clippers. Yeah. I have the Clippers third because Kawhi is back. Yo, Kawhi is fucking back. Not a lot of back to backs left for him. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of back to backs in the middle of the season. Uh, when he was dealing with that ankle injury after he just came back, um, there was a lot of back to backs. That was like the worst time. Uh, for for Kawhi this season, from a statistical standpoint, um, but now that he's healthy, and I mean real healthy, they look good. They look really good. And Norman Powell, not enough can be said about this guy to play come off the bench. I think he's like front one of the front runners for Sixth Man of the Year. He's playing really good as like the last couple last month or two. He's been playing very good. Uh, and then Mason Plumlee. Zubox was out on, against the Kings. So they still have a lot of depth in the front court. Uh, they added some pieces. They have Russell Westbrook. Um, and their home court, I mean, they're, um, they have a, a good away record. Uh, the reason, and then I have the Suns fourth. Um, but I, I have them barely over the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. I think it's going to be very close. But I still have the Suns fourth. Um, the reason I have the Grizzlies, uh, technically sixth, is because their away so record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But their away record is eleven and eighteen. That's terrible. Terrible. They get rattled by the pressure. They. What did you tell me earlier this season? You said a good team has a good road record. Yeah, good road record. And the the Kings have the best road record in the league. Yeah, and that's why we both have them second behind the Suns. I mean, behind the Nuggets, excuse me. But the Grizzlies have a crap road road record, play great at home. Um, I'm not very confident in them, though. They're 5-5 in their last 10 games. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm a big win. Yeah, I really like Desmond Bain. I think when Steven Adams comes back, it's, they need that. I, I think they missed a window to really get a big wing to replace those Dylan Brooks, min, Dylan Brooks minutes. Because yeah, cause you can't... It's okay to have depth, but once, you have, once you're just playing 10 guys to play 10 guys, instead of playing like 8 guys to win a basketball game, that's when the, when, that's when the consistency starts getting sloppy. Because you have Jake LaRavia, sometimes doesn't play, but when he does play, can give you a couple of threes per game. And when these players are on the fringe of the real rotation, they're not playing all the time. So you can't expect consistent results from them, especially since they're so young. I don't know why they, they just let DeAnthony Melton walk. I thought he was a perfect fit on their team. Played defense, was a spark off the bench, really added to their culture. John Morant loved him. The whole team loved him. I don't know why they just let him walk like he was nothing. You see a lot of teams undervalue guys like you know, this, which sucks. You know why? Because Grizzlies love their draft picks too much. They they pick up three guys from the draft each year, and there's only a certain number of roster spots. So sometimes you got to go for flexibility of having a bunch of rookie, rookie contract players on your team. 
Yeah, but last year when we talked about the Grizzlies having so much depth, one of the first players I thought of was DeAnthony Melton. Yes, yeah. And it's like, and they just well, let him I, go. Like, he's figured, nothing. They figured that Tyus Jones can do the job of Melton. Fuck Desmond no. Desmond Bain needed more minutes. That's true. But Desmond Bain's minutes need to be taken away from Dylan Brooks, not a guy like DeAnthony Melton. I would, uh, it's just, it, that didn't make sense to me. If it, it kind of reminded me of like the Lakers undervaluing Caruso, um, the Lakers undervaluing Kuzma, stuff like that. Well, it's kind of why the Grizzlies are looking for a big trade. Like, we know that they're trying to trade for Kevin Durant. We know they're trying to trade for OG Ananobi. And we know they're trying to trade for Mikel Bridges after he got traded to Brooklyn. So you know they're looking for that big wing to really consolidate those wing minutes away from Dylan Brooks and those other, other fringe rotational players. Yeah. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. They're still a good team. I mean, they had a great game against uh, uh, the Sixers early in the week. Um, that yeah, but they lost to the Sixers, but yeah, they beat they, the they Nuggets. Yeah, um, but so yeah, those are our top four teams on the West. Uh, top four teams on the East. Uh, you would agree with me. Everyone kind of knows. Yeah, yeah, it, pretty set in stone. Yeah, Boston. I, mean, I think the order will probably change, maybe, but it's probably these four teams. Yeah. Boston, the Bucks, uh, the Sixers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Pretty, pretty set in stone at this point. Um, there's a, there's a five-game gap between the four and five seed, and the five seed is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but the Bucks, you see the Bucks, you know what they're on. Yeah, Bucks on a 14-game winning streak. Still haven't lost. Uh, could easily take the first spot. Uh, easily, if Boston easily. slips up one game and Milwaukee's there, and they're and they're winning on. without Giannis, so let's talk about that. No, actually, we we're going to talk about that later. But they are. Let's note that that they're winning without Giannis, uh, and like I said last week, you got to give props props to the Bucks, man. You got to give props to Pat. Uh, no, I almost said Pat Connaughton. Oh my God, <laughs> Coach Bud. <laughs> oh God. Hey, bro. What a mess up. Pat Connaughton might look like God. Pat Connaughton might look like Bud in like twenty years, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> Wait, why is that? Can you explain why? <laughs> what are your What are your fifth and sixth teams, though? Since we know what the top four teams are, what are your fifth and sixth teams? Fifth and sixth teams. All right, for fifth, I got the New York Knicks. Whoa. The Knicks. The Knicks right. are on a five-game winning streak right now, and Jalen Brunson is playing some of the best basketball of his career, and Josh Hart fits in perfectly with New York mm. like a glove. Mm. I forgot about it. It seems like... I feel like it, they're just a scrappy team. Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, Josh Hart. That's, that's a trail that you want on your basketball team. They're just so scrappy, and they fight for every possession. And yeah. that's really New York basketball right there. Those three. You add in Jalen Brunson, too. That's a solid guard rotation that will take you to the playoffs. Uh, they're missing uh, Mitchell Robinson though. But once they get him back, I'm that that defense is gonna get better. Yeah, that's oh, a, that's. And then my last team. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You you go first. I'll I'll, I'll keep it suspenseful when I release my last team for six. All right. Players. So so I just say my fifth seed. Yeah. My fifth seed. I'm gonna go with the Brooklyn Nets. 
They are currently the fifth seed. Brooklyn Nets. They are currently they the are fifth the seed fifth right seed. now. Uh, and I can see them finishing in the fifth seed. Um, the Knicks argument is interesting. I, I, I agree with you. I totally forgot about Josh Hart. Uh, and that adds so much yeah. to their team. Um, because they got an additional player because Cam Reddish was not playing for them. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and replacing some RJ Barrett minutes, some Evan Fournier minutes. Um, who does, I don't even think he plays anymore. But I still like this, this Brooklyn Nets team. I really do. They have length. Uh, Cam Johnson at 27 today. That guy can do that, like, regularly. And he was, like, like we said a couple, couple podcasts ago, he was just a throw-in piece. Throw-in pieces don't just drop 27 points. Like, uh, you, you know, I told, I told you, Angus, this, this trade was too much. They undervalued Mikel. They undervalued Cam, John- Cam Johnson. It's Kevin freaking Durant. It's yes, Kevin yes, but Durant. you gave up too much, man. You got you gave up. If you two- win a championship, is that too much? If you win a championship, is that too much? Yeah, when they win a championship, I'll shut the fuck up. I promise you. I promise All right. you. All right. Yeah. Until that happens, this trade was too much. Angus, your sixth pick. My sixth pick. Um, I got the Atlanta Hawks as Woo! the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. This is a huge bomb. Okay. I'm a notorious Trey hater. Yes, you are. I don't like no ice trays. So, um, but I actually I think, had the Hawks six uh, too. when they traded for Sadiq Bay. Yes. Okay. As I was, <laughs> I was saying, um, ever since they added Sadiq Bay, I feel like he addresses something that they were lacking. Um, they actually have some shooting now and some size on defense and uh, just defensive players. They just lack that that can help cover Trey Young. Now their starting lineup is one of the best starting lineups in the league, but it's always like, but their bench is a problem. AJ Griffin contributes, but he's still a rookie, and Sadiq Bay was like the perfect addition for that. Mm. Yeah. I I agree with everything you just said. The Hawks, um, I have them at six as well. Uh, you know, I'm a Trey believer. <laughs> but they got I, Quinn Snyder now. Yeah, they have Quinn Snyder. They won the last two games without him. Oh, sorry, without a coach. Uh, and um, two good teams in the Cavs and the Nets, uh, who they actually play today. But Quinn Snyder, yes, recently signed a five-year contract with the Atlanta Hawks. He will be the new coach for the the Hawks, uh, former coach of the Utah Jazz, a very successful team under his um, leadership. And I know how much you hate these player coaches or or these players that dictate, uh, you know, who gets fired and who gets hired. Was it that? Yeah, I don't think Trey Young. That is, that is, we, everybody knew that Trey Young and Nate McMillan was beefing and they weren't even trying to hide it. Trey Young said, and it, when a reporter asked him if there was drama or whatever, whatever was in the news, Trey Young was saying, uh, it's just in-house stuff right now. Like, no, someone should, from PR should have taught him how to answer that question. He kept it real, 
he basically said that there is drama right now, but we're we're not releasing it to the media. What could that have been about? Like, what could that possibly have been about? Maybe getting Trey Young to move off ball. Why would that piss off Trey though? Because he didn't want to do it. I think because a lot of times he didn't want to fly with the team. Really? Yeah, there there was an incident earlier in the season where uh, Trey Young didn't fly with the team because uh, Nick McMillan said that he wasn't going to play in the game. Damn. I also heard that Nick McMillan that asked, asked to leave, asked to, to be fired. But they didn't he let him. He asked to be resigned at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So that's just never a good sign. I really like Quinn Snyder as a coach. Um, Donovan Mitchell as a star really thrived under him. Uh, they didn't. The Jazz didn't have. Actually, you could argue that this team is kind of similar. They. I was gonna say. This yeah, I was gonna more say talented. That, I believe. Yeah, I was gonna say the Jazz didn't have a, as much of a da- dynamic offense as this Atlanta Hawks team, but they're actually kind of similar when you think about it. Well, Quinn Snyder is known for being a great defensive coach. He was really the coach that utilized Rudy Gobert as a defensive weapon. So their defense was always top-notch for multiple years. So, like, with Clint Capella in Atlanta, in Atlanta and you got Okongwu coming off the bench, you got two defensive anchors for Quinn Snyder to work with. Yeah, I, I like the Hawks. I have them at six, and um, any team playing them in the playoffs has is, is got to be careful because Trey Young can take over a game, and Trey Young will take over a game, and he could win you a in series. In the playoffs? Yes, bro. I'm not going to have this in conversation with you again. You guys, if you guys follow okay, me on Twitter, if you guys follow me on Twitter, if you guys follow me on Twitter, me and Angus probably had one of our most heated debates ever. What were the Hawks? I don't even remember. Like seventh seed, barely made the playoffs. Uh, they, they, they beat Angus's beloved New York Knicks uh, in five, I think, or I'm something like that. <laughs> they were not but beloved. Whatever that year, that year you they were beat on, the Sixers. It was the Sixers. You were slobbing them that, that, that year. That was the team I was writing. You were slobbing them that year. You were slobbing every team that that Trey Young beat himself. Uh, and they played the Seventy Sixers after they beat the uh, Knicks. And Angus was on my ass, like, oh, they for sure were gonna lose the Sixers. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a so accurate description of my voice. Yeah, I mean imitation of They go on to play the Bucks. They lose because the Bucks are a really good team. I was really sad, <laughs> but Trey Young can do damage by himself, and he's scary in the playoffs. Last week, uh, <laughs> great. I was kind of dreading this part of the podcast, but we're here now. Last week we picked three games. Um, <laughs> yeah, picked three games to choose who was going to win. Let us know the results. Let okay, us know. So the first the first game we chose last week, 76ers versus Celtics. Celtics ended up winning 110 to 107. It was a crazy game, but I I picked the Celtics to win the game. Um oh sorry, no, I picked the <laughs> Angus picked the Celtics yeah, to win right. the game because right. he had first pick. Uh I want I was with the Celtics too, but I had to go I had to go for the Sixers. So Angus got that one. Uh yes, yeah. sir. It went it went down to the wire. Uh, Tatum hits a step back three. 
puts him up three. Um, and then crazily, Embiid chucks a full-court heave and makes it. And Mike Breen was on a call. Mike Breen. He didn't Mike let out Breen. a bang, though, because he didn't know if it was on time or not, but it wasn't yeah. on time. It wasn't, yeah. So, so unfortunate for the 76ers. It was a good game, but the Celtics take that one. Second game, Suns and Bucks. I actually got first choice on this. I picked the Suns for good reason. No Giannis. Uh, oh, no, no Giannis. But you know who they have? They have fucking Drew Holiday. What do you know about Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday is playing his way into an all-NBA consideration. The way that this man just impacts winning. Like, the, the Bucks were down, and they came back because Drew Holiday decided to turn it on. Yeah, 33 from Drew Holiday. 22 from Brooke Lopez. 13 rebounds. Uh, he yeah, Holiday and really took I, over. I was the game. wrong. I said Chris Middleton would be the factor. I thought Middleton was gonna be a factor, but it ended up being Drew. And I slept. I mean, I slept on one of my favorite players, Drew Holiday. Yeah, I think besides the thirty-three points, you know, amazing. Uh, Booker Booker went nine for twenty-one. He had a he had a really in, inefficient game. Uh, he started the game zero for four. Just set the pace terrible for the for the Suns. And they were chasing the rest of the way. And that had a lot to do with Drew Holiday. If not all of it had to do with Drew Holiday. So, yeah, I was not expecting that. I had picked the Suns. Um, unfortunate for me. <laughs> Angus got that one as well. So, Angus has two. I got zero. And you had first pick. And you had first pick. Yes, I had first pick. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> third game last week. We had the Lakers and Mavericks. Angus had first pick this one. He chose the Lakers, and I thought he was crazy. And I wasn't crazy. And the craziest thing is that D'Lo wasn't even playing. But you know who came through? Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt with 15.17 rebounds. He was doing things that Thomas Bryant wouldn't do. This is why he's so valuable to teams. And the fact that the Lakers were able to get him as like a throw-in piece for a salary dump, it's crazy to me because he does all the little things that lead to winning. Because of him, Anthony Davis was able to focus on being the, the roamer on defense without having to worry about grabbing boards. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I was going to say that. AD, has to, AD can do less on the defensive end and just be kind of a, a block threat. Um, uh, while you have Jared Vanderbilt running around getting steals, picking pockets, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, great pickup. Great game from uh, Vanderbilt. but. The truth of the matter is, this game shouldn't have been close. The Lakers were down 27 early in the second quarter. It wasn't close. 27 early in the second quarter. I think there was nine minutes left in the second quarter. They were down 27. And the Mavs give it up. Uh, what you saw, the Lakers started playing some defense uh, to, end, to close out the first half. And that gave him some momentum going into the, the second half. Uh, third quarter was a wash for the Mavs, man. The Lakers just stepped all over him, got rid of the entire deficit, uh, and a lot had to do with Jared Vanderbilt. But um, the fourth quarter, neck and neck the entire time. Yeah, but what happened to Kyrie Irving being clutch? What happened to Kyrie Irving being one of the greatest basketball players to ever touch a basketball? Isn't that how he you still is? Him? He still is. Uh, but he uh he didn't do much this game. Can't lie to you. Uh, 
I, I against against LeBron. This was a statement. This could have been a statement game for Kyrie. You know what? I, you know what I have to say about that, bro. What? Jason Kidd. Let me know. Jason Kidd. You think he's a bad coach? I know he's a bad coach. How do you? How? how no adjustments. No adjustments were made whatsoever. Fourth quarter, very important play. Lakers score like five straight. It's tied up. Kyrie's on the top of the key. They're at like it's like five out, right? No movement. It's stagnant as fuck. Um, Kyrie brings the ball up, top of the key, stops at the top of the key. Doesn't look like any play is being ran at all. No time is being called. We're in clutch time right now. Kyrie's on the top of the key. Double team comes. Luca's on the right corner, just doing nothing. Double team comes. Kyrie just swings it left to a guy that's just standing there. You think they that's more on coaching or more on the player? That's on coaching, bro. If you run down, if you come down the court and the set is nothing and no one's moving and the double team's coming, but no nothing is being capitalized, like that's a coaching error, bro. That's a coaching error. Why is Luca in the right corner? Why is Luca in the right corner? Why is he hiding in the right corner? That's not Luca's doing. That's the, you need to have a play to utilize both of these star players. If not, what the hell you get Kyrie for? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think Jason Kidd is a very creative offensive coach. He really relies on defense. That's what he was known for when he was assistant for the Lakers. It was his defense, and this this is not a defensive team for for him to, to really fall back on. Not at all. But so, but he's such an uncreative offensive coach, and is really showing now. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So Angus swept me three zero. I really think I should have had at least one of those with the Dallas Lakers game, but oh well. Uh, better next, better luck next week or this week. Uh, we're actually going to do this again. We're going to do this three week. games. We have three games for this upcoming week, nationally televised games, so you guys can watch the games. First game we got Cleveland at Boston. I'm going first this week, so I get the first pick and the third pick first, and Angus gets the second pick first. I'm going to go. All right, who you're picking. All right. This is where it gets interesting, y'all. I'm going to go with Boston. Uh, mm, obvious choice right there. Is that obvious choice? Because prior two games, they have lost to Cleveland in OT. Both of those games went to OT. So this game is going to be close. Um, why I say Boston? couple reasons first game it was the seventh game of the season joe Missoula, i believe he was coaching but seven games isn't enough to get a whole a whole you know get some chemistry get the coaching right get get the whole team behind the coaching schemes and all that it's not enough and they only lost by one point second game they go into overtime again um this was more recent you get 41 points from Karis LeVert. <laughs> You're not going to get that again, okay? Uh, this game was much closer. The Cavs, uh, we went to OT. Cavs just destroyed them in, in, over, in overtime. Uh, why I think they're going to win this game, Joe Mazzula has this team. He got him. This team is his now. They believe in him. The league believes in him. He's front runner for coach of the it's year. the interim. They took off the internet. They, they, they hired him. This, co- this team believes in him. And there's no way 
they're going to lose three straight games to the same team the same way. There's no way. If Joe Mazzulla is as good of a coach as everyone says he is, he's not going to let this happen. Just like they were saying Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they weren't going to let the Cincinnati Bengals beat them five times in a row or whatever the hell it was. This is the same situation. And for that reason, I'm going with Boston. Right. No, that's that's so key. That's that's big facts you were speaking on right there. Yep. All right, Boston is a good choice, but I really see Cleveland as a winner of this game. All right, the first game you mentioned, that first OT thriller, where Donovan Mitchell was given to Jason Tatum, there was that was Darius Garland's first game back, first game back with the Cavs with Donovan Mitchell leading the helm, and. They were able to beat the Celtics while rusty. All right, now you go to the second game. Carol Silver dropped 41, Donovan Mitchell dropped 41 to make up for what? Once again, Darius Garland being injured. This game, they're going to have Darius Garland. And not only are you going to have Darius Garland, but you're going to have a much more improved Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley that can really get to the rim with his handles and can really play make for his, other, for his teammates. Like... This starting five is insane, what they can do. Like, maybe maybe Boston's depth is better than Cleveland, but when starters for starters, Cleveland can compete with Boston. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be a close game. And uh, we, I think if Angus had first pick, he would pick Boston too. Um, but he nah, didn't. I'm, I'm running for the Cleveland Cavs. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to get that one. Anyways, second pick, uh, Memphis and Memphis at Nuggets later in the week. Angus is going first. Who you got? This game, I got Denver. Um, Steven Adams is still out. And Jokic is going to absolutely abuse Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one <laughs> of the most foul-prone players in the league. And Jokic is, is known for using fakes around the rim. He's going to get Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble. And Jokic is going to have a great night on offense. And um, the Nuggets, they're literally the best team in the West. And they're not there for no reason. They're there for a reason. You have Aaron Gordon, who, who should have been an all-star over in Jaron Jackson Jr. He's going to come out and be the prototypical four that you need. And Jamal Murray, he, this is the last 20 games of the season. He's preparing for that playoff run. I, I could really see him really getting back into like bubble shape around this time. It's going to come together for the Nuggets. That's why they're a finals favorite for me. So I knew you were going to pick the Nuggets. <laughs> I knew it. All right. Uh, I mean, it's a clear choice. Yeah, but yesterday they played uh, and they lost by 18. So this makes my argument a little easier. Um, they're in Denver, but one that's a I don't, mile above, bro. Yeah, I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to struggle as much as you believe he is. Uh, Jokic had 15 points yesterday, and you got to think that some of that has to do with Jaron Jackson being there, bothering him. 15 points is low yeah, but for Jaren him. Jaron Jackson. 20 minutes. He only played 20 minutes in that game because he got into foul trouble. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk. Also, um, I want to talk about Desmond Bain. 
one of my favorite players in the NBA. I, I'm not going to get myself in trouble here by saying he's the best player on the Grizzlies, but he is a, a very, if Jaw is 1A, he is 1B. Uh, Jaw needs him way more than Desmond Bain needs Jaw. I promise you that. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what Desmond Bain brings to the Grizzlies is unreplaceable. He's a guy that can catch the ball with and shoot with very little space. And if there is no space, he can put the ball on the floor, take one dribble, and shoot. Guys that can do that, you don't know how hard that is. To be set, break that set to take a dribble and relocate, have the focus to be get set again while that second defender is running at you or the first defender is coming back, and to still make a shot, if you watch the Grizzlies at all, that's all he shoots. Like that, it's just one dribble, relocate, pull up. Man doesn't need any space. He's freaking amazing. I love Desmond Bain. That's really all I can say about the Grizzlies taking that dub. Uh, I that's hope. It. Yeah, that's just really Desmond it. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, John Morant. It's gonna be a close game, but I got the Grizzlies. Uh, but right, last game, last this game. this is yeah, this is the best one. Uh, Phoenix at Dallas. Uh, I got the first what a pick. Game. I got the first pick. I'm going to go, even though they failed me last week, I'm going to go with Phoenix again. Because this time, oh. this time, I hope that Kevin Durant plays. And if Kevin Durant plays, they're, they're winning easily. Uh, I love Kyrie, but this Mavs team isn't selling me yet. I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 they're just not selling me yet. Oh, but you had them as a... As a potential final sleeper, did you not? Yeah, this yeah. Come playoff time is a completely different story when you're talking about Luka and Kyrie, but we're talking about a regular season game. I got Phoenix. All right, this is gonna be an absolutely dumb argument. But I got Dallas. <laughs> Cause Luca Luca owns the Suns, bro. Luca owns the Suns ever since the playoffs last year. He's in their head. He's going to tell the Suns, oh, you guys went and got KD for your team? You guys are no match for me and Kyrie, and they're going to absolutely beat the bricks off the Phoenix Suns. And that's on ABC, too. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's. If I can, I will be tuning into that game. That's the only argument. That's the only argument I have. Luca. I still think it's a legit argument. Luca. That is a legitimate argument. It is a legitimate argument. I agree with you. I, I, I definitely agree with you. Luka could take over a game, just like some of the other great players in this league, uh, which is and why... this I, game means a lot because they're probably going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, two of the most popular teams in the West. Uh, and That's why, you know, ABC wants to take away one of our Kings national televised games and, you know, play these teams that haven't done shit yet. They they gave us one back though. We're playing the Knicks on TNT. Oh, they March did. 9th. They did. They did. They did. Yeah. They gave us a TNT game. Honestly, they're only we're only allowed to play against New York teams on TNT. You know, ESPN had us had, but Fox. they should have had the Clippers game. Yeah, they should have. Uh, you should listen to Matt George's podcast. He was so upset yeah. about how they were didn't they just didn't have a game like this and and but on you know flip the channel. You got the Warriors and the Thunder playing. It's a, just a crap game. Like, you know? No, it's the Thunder and Suns with no KD and no Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, they played the Suns? 
Yeah. Oh, true. No, it was it was the Suns and the Thunder. But like the NBA chose to pick they picked that game like two weeks ago to be on national TV and not this Kings Clippers game. Yeah. 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 Well, we were gonna do a giveaway, but we're still at let me check. We're at like ninety eight followers. We're not at a hundred yet. Um We're not a hundred yet, so Yeah, so what are we doing are- in that giveaway next week? Um when we're definitely at a hundred and yeah. don't disappoint me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, next week's podcast will be very interesting. Uh, we're going to be telling you guys a little bit about what we experienced at that live show from the mismatch. If you guys get a chance, give the mismatch a, a listen. It's a really good podcast. Uh, probably my favorite, probably the best basketball podcast. Yeah. I'd say there. it's my favorite basketball podcast. Uh, just the dynamic that Chris Vernon and KLC had together. It's great. And we're going to the live show. It's their first live show ever. I'm flying down there. It's going to be great. We're going to give you a little insight of what happened. Um, I'm not going to get my hopes up and tell y'all that we're going to get an interview from one of these guys. But I'm going to fucking try, man. We got front row seats for a reason. We're going to go early. We're going to stay late. We're going to try to get at least a couple questions from... I was thinking, Angus, I try to get Chris Vernon to ask, answer some questions. You try to get KOC to answer some questions. All that right. that All would right. be I sick. I can talk to KOC. That would be sick, man. Uh, yeah, a lot more to come, guys. We're gonna have eventually interviews with uh, you know, basketball influencers, not influencers, but basketball um, you know, figures, f- figures. Thank you in in our area, uh, maybe in Angus's area too. Um, yeah, a lot to come. We appreciate you guys' continuous support, and if you're listening to this and you and you finished it, uh, we love you. We love you. Love you all. Yeah, but I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, we had a great time today. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, we might record together, like, in the same room, maybe. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. And you guys have a great rest of your week. Make sure um, Monday doesn't hit you too hard, you know? Don't get sick like Angus. Yes. Don't get sick like me. I'm better now. Yeah. Thank God. Recover like Angus, actually. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for us. Like I said, we'll be back here next Monday. We appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace.